Welcome to EarthWise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley with a piece about a biography of ash trees. In the woods where I live, the ash trees are finely leafed out and have joined the thick green canopy of leaves that arches over my road and over the paths where I walk. The ash tree is a modest, unassuming tree which, compared to other trees, like the blazing maple or the stark white birch, doesn't attract much attention to itself. And yet, the ash tree does have a story to tell. The ash tree, and trees in general, have held a significant place in the lives and imaginations of humans throughout history. The sheer size of trees attracts our attention. They are the largest plants on the planet, and they live much longer than humans. There are trees in Europe that have been documented to be well over a thousand years old, and they have long been venerated as containers of sacred energy and supernatural power. Humans have, since ancient times, felt a certain kinship with trees, recognizing a similarity in structure, such as a long body with limbs. We even refer to our bodies as trunks, just like trees. We have arms that we can raise to the sky like branches, and legs that reach down to the ground like roots. The Tolkien trilogy brought this idea of kinship with trees into modern consciousness with his characters, the Ents, tree people who could walk and speak. Many myths tell of human beings born out of trees, so that their ancestry included an ancient tree progenitor. We have long honored trees as channels of sacred energy, with roots drawing from earth energy and branches connecting with heavenly energy. Many cultures have envisioned that the whole of life revolved around a world axis, the tree of life, which was the source and guardian of the entire life cycle. And so it is with an assumption of its inherent sacredness that I approach the ash tree. As I mentioned earlier, the ash leads a quiet, even a contemplative life in the woods, you might be unlikely to notice it at all unless you can recognize its characteristic bark, a grooved, ridged pattern of a light to medium brown color. The ash is one of the last trees to leaf out in the spring, and one of the first to drop its leaves in the fall. And when they fall, they are the, the leaves are a very quiet, yellowish-lavender color, practically invisible beside the golds and oranges and reds of the rest of the forest. But since ash trees tend to grow straight and tall and fast, dropping their lower branches in favor of reaching their crowns to the sun above the rest of the forest canopy, you might be hard-pressed to notice their leaves at all, regardless of the season. Sometimes the best evidence of ash trees are the masses of brown, wet lace that cover the ground when the ash flowers fall from the trees after a soaking spring rain. The many attributes of ash wood are too numerous to cover here, except to mention that ash wood can be used for more purposes than the wood of any other tree. Its long, straight grain I have found from personal experience, make it a pleasure to split for firewood. And ash can even be burned green, giving off little smoke. Its tough, elastic wood made it the preferred material for rowing oars. 
Here in New England, oars were sometimes called the ash breeze, because when there was no wind to fill the sails of coastal schooners, the ash oars propelled the boat through the water. Ash wood was historically important in weaponry. Archaeological evidence shows that spears and arrows from the early Neolithic period, used for hunting, were made of yew wood. But starting around 2000 BCE, the nature of spears and arrows began to change. They were redesigned for weaponry against other humans, and they were made of ash wood. The Aryan invaders sweeping Europe at that time needed longer and stronger spears because they were now engaged in mortal combat, which came to be called the fruit of the ash because ash spears produced dead enemies. Although used to kill humans, the ash was also a source of medicine to cure them. Hippocrates, the ancient Greek healer, suggested making a bitter tonic from the inner bark of the ash, a technique used also by Native Americans for gout, rheumatism, digestive complaints, and skin ailments. The ash was considered to be a magical tree, associated with both rain and sun. It was considered, in Celtic lore, to be a powerful fairy tree, part of the triad of fairy trees, which also included the oak and the hawthorn. Where ash, oak, and hawthorn grew in close proximity to one another, it was believed to be a dwelling place of the fairy folk. As I was getting to know the woods surrounding my new home, I found oak and ash growing on the edge of the clearing and a small wounded hawthorn. So a friend dug up a hawthorn from his property and transplanted it to my clearing. Now I have the magic trinity of ash, oak, and hawthorn growing near my house, and I'm hoping the fairies find it to their liking and bring me luck and happiness. Blessed be. You've been listening to Earthwise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley. <laughs>